The biggest heroes of 2012 assemble! Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Avengers Assemble, Issue 1, New Series starting March 2012. Marvel, www.marvel.com, TM and copyright 2012 Marvel and Subs. Purchase includes free digital copy offer. See Avengers Assemble Issue 1 for details. Welcome, dear listeners, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Monday, you can fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Oh, Thursday doesn't even start. Random banter, I'm in love. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Yeah, I think you're just following something up. I think you've done this joke before. I'm pretty sure you've done Friday, I'm in love. And you're doing that because Friday's here. That's the only reason you're doing it. That's the only reason you're doing it. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, I'm doing this and I'm like, this sounds familiar. Have I done this a year ago or something? Something like that. I'm going to stick with it. I'm sure there's a bazillion other songs that have the word Friday in them or any number of other things, but I wanted to do this one. You could have done a whole bunch of other things too, but you chose to do Friday. You have to lie in that bed that you made, my friend. And I'm quite happily laying there. In fact, you know what? You ate crumbs in that bed, man. You ate crackers. It's just crummy all over the place. I don't kick myself out of bed for eating crackers. I'm going to lay there all day long. Mm-hmm-hmm. You also don't kick mice out of that bed either. I've seen your bed. It's nasty. Well, nasty. They take care of the cracker crumbs. Come on, think about it. Also, in the winter, they provide extra warmth. Okay. Um, This is kind of a creepy little conversation we're having, and I think we're just <laughs> delaying the inevitable. <laughs> Tell me your random banter, buddy. Talk to me. I, I, I don't know what the inevitable is. I don't even know what the random banter is. I've been pretty well stuck. Oh, I know. I'll just say this. I got myself a new job title at work. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a supervisor now. Hey, congratulations. Sure. Or condolences. Yeah. Or, or all right, cool, whatever. It's temporary. It's for six months. They needed somebody to step in as a supervisor. I said, you know what? I'll step in as supervisor as long as you mm-hmm. guys don't pay me any less. I'd like to be paid more, but don't pay me any less. Right. They said, great. We will not pay you any less. We will pay you your, your exact salary because this is a demotion. Awesome. <laughs> so so being a supervisor is a demotion. From my career for, role, yes. For where you are. For your career path. Okay. Yeah. It always sounds like supervisor always sounds like a step up as opposed to yeah, a... Yeah. yeah. But they want me to still do my other job. And be supervisor, too. Obviously, at the same pay, because that is... No, you shouldn't do that. Oh, why not? It's only six months. (laughs) Sure it is. I remember many of things that were temporary at my job, where it became the norm. And then when you'd bring it up in the future, they'd be like... It's fine. It's fine. I can continue to do that. That's perfectly fine. It's all right. I can still afford all my little fun little things to do. I I wanted to talk about one little thing that's actually fun and geeky-related. I said that I'm working on consolidating all of my digital media into actually digitized form and with a Plex server. And in doing that and getting that done, I decided I'm going to clean out that room where I have all my movies. Well, in that room, I have a bunch of toys that were just kind of in that room. They were displayed, mostly still in boxes. But I'm like, I'm going to clean out this room, get all my stuff out of this room, and 
put it into my office because this is where I've got all my other toys. Mm -hmm. There is no room in this office, so I have put in a new shelf, and my daughter helped me take bunch of that stuff, most of those things out of the boxes. And I said, if it doesn't fit in my room, I'm going to sell it. I think mm. there's two things I'm getting rid of. Otherwise, I've got everything else <laughs> shoved into this room on display in some way or another. But yeah, I've got myself some Lord of the Rings. I got Grand Gandalf the White. I've got the Urkai from the first movie. One of the Shadow Riders. I've got Maleficent. Of course, I got my Bob and Doug McKenzie characters. There's young Obi-Wan Kenobi swinging a lightsaber, Batman on his bat cycle. And of course, Connor and the Kurgan in their 1490s fighting gear from Highlander. Nice. That's the way we roll, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, yeah. And then what? my very giant Animal House mug up there, too. So I've got more stuff in here. Okay. What are the two things that didn't make the cut space-wise? One of them was a Ron Burgundy Anchorman doll. Mm-hmm. It's nice, but I just I don't need it. I may have lied. That might have been the only one. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other one you were able to sneak under the bed. Well, no, I, I, everything's here. I, oh, I think the one that I was really doubting getting in here was the 16-inch tall Terminator 2 exoskeleton holding a gun, mm. holding a rail gun. I was like, I don't nice. know if I can get that in here. Took it out of the box, and it is standing up against my mom's old clarinet that I got in this box. And it's just up there. It's kind of displayed kind of thing. And, well, I could just put the T2 right up against that and... <laughs> T2's uh, notorious clarinet players. I've heard that. I've heard that about them. Yeah. Love yeah. the woodwinds. That's how they uh, they fit into the resistance humans. They're like, prove you're not a robot. And they just slapped out a little bit of clarinet solo. Now, this, this room is chock full of things. Funny thing is, I was down at the comic book store today, and I was like, huh, is there any... Uh, figurines i'd like to what are you doing you have no more room man <laughs> no more space yeah welcome welcome to wanting stuff. stop looking you otherwise you will find something and you will buy it because you are that's who you are that is who you are it's true uh, it is so hard though because it's nice getting stuff and it's nice having stuff but then you become trapped by the stuff and then you go i don't have any room and then you get some more stuff and you're like Where's this going to live? Yeah, it, it's Thus, a vicious cycle. me getting rid of the DVD stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you? What uh, geek stuff have you been up to, my friend? Well, I have watched Secret Invasion okay. on Disney+. Plus. So, I watched the old scrolls invading the Earth. And uh, have you seen that yet? I want to say something here. Yep. I want to say that this is a red letter day, my friend. This is the first time that you have seen some Marvel stuff that I have not seen. Oh, I've only made it halfway hey. through. I've only made it halfway through there. Okay. Well, what's your opinion of it so far? I've only made it halfway through. You've only made it halfway through. Okay. I get it then. Yeah. It is something I watch. It is rife with actors that I enjoy seeing them do performances. And it seems like, for the most part, they care less about being there. It seems like the stakes, no matter how high they are, nobody really cares about, even the people that are involved with them. The reveals that go on where it's like, blank is a blank. Blank, blanked, blank. A blank happened to blank. Blank is going to go on. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's... I just, I'm waiting for, and it's not going to happen, but I'm waiting for Nick Fury to say, we got to get this blankety-blank scrolls off this blankety-blank planet. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to say it. Yeah, it's not quite hitting. Yeah. It is something that I'm like, oh, Secret Invasion, that was a good series and all this stuff. And I'm kind of curious about what's going on here. Yeah, okay, okay, no, um, no, not, yeah. So I watched it, not sparking any sparks. I have a feeling, and I think this mm-hmm. is shared with a geek community, and we may be wrong on this. I hope we are. But I think we have seen, we, we have passed the nadir of the Marvel cinematic juggernaut. I think we have 
we have seen the civilization come, conquer, tank names, mm-hmm. and fall. Yes. And that's fine. I, I'm waiting for the next thing to come around. That's perfectly fine. I have enjoyed the, the Marvel stuff that's been out there. Where everything is at now is not going to take out the enjoyment that I've had for the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. Yep. It's perfectly fine. If we get a couple more good things that are out of it, great. If the rest of it just kind of falls away, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I still think there's nothing that this thing can do. I, they would really have to try hard to crash and burn this vehicle to make me yeah. think that the rest of it's terrible. I think it's in part almost kind of succumbing to what happens with comics where they become, they've got so much history there and it's just kind of like, well, what do we do now? This? Is that cool? Does that spark any love? No? Well, we did it anyway. Let's just, yeah. It, they're making stuff. It is, it might be a problem of where they're like, well, we're making eight episode arcs or however many they do. And it needed to be a four episode arc so that they could really streamline it, and make it go fast. I don't know. If people still find joy in it, great. Yep. And, and like I said, I still find joy in a lot of the Marvel stuff that's there. That's fine. New stuff, leave me a little cold. That's okay. I am still ready to enjoy what I enjoy, enjoy whatever it offers me. And with that, I think we should let people hear us talk about a comic book that I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Jeff, would you give us a two cents replay of last episode? Of the mass of people on this side of the bridge, aka the Reed Gate, a couple of them are locked in battle with some stationary fingers until Franklin pries one off, where it then transforms into a hand and then transforms into a robot. Because why not? where Kristoff is then forced to get involved, where he saves the day by shooting with a laser. On the other side of the bridge, Alt-Reed disintegrates himself after ineffectually using the Universal Nullifier on a Celestial, so Doom steps up, stands defiantly, and is killed off-screen, at which point the Celestials get a foot into the gate and make it into our reality. Now that the so many people did nothing to help in this issue, but Bentley took the cake by complaining about how bored he was throughout the entirety of it, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. I would like you to reach into the bag and see if you can guess why I bought this beer. Let's find out. Poof. The Return (laughs) by Anchorage Brewing Company. Yeah. Ooh, it's a wolf returning and is coming through the fields. And it looks like this can might glow in the dark. I'm not sure. And there's a turkey and a key. It's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting label. But the return. Why would there be the return <laughs> of Power Pack and Friday? Why would you pick the return? It's very simple. I got the return because the Power Pack is returning. And that's all yep. we care about. This is a canned condition table saison, 4.4% ABV. This should be a simple little beer, easy little beer to guide us back into our favorite four kids. Back in action together again. Huzzah, my friend. Huzzah, I say. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to him. And the return of Friday, though she says nothing throughout. Yeah, that's just, that's really pale. It's a, yeah, it's just real pale. Just it's real a real pale, pale, real pale blonde, very bubbly. I've got half of it poured as head. The other half is beverage. I'm going to set that off to the side. They pass this in front of a lemon, and that's how, that's how we got our color. Yeah, very much so. It's got a very barley yeah, barley, kind of barley sweet. Yeah, barley it's, sweet, which is normal for saisons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it smells very much like a saison. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, barley and sweet. That's what we got. 
Oh, yeah. There's that kind of off artificially sweet flavor. Mm. What does this taste like? There's a bit of a sour note that hits at the back end of the taste. It definitely is a sweet and barley. Not Mm. heavy sweet, but I would say that there is a bit of a artificial taste that's in there. There's a sour note that hits at the end. It's not unpleasant. It's just it's hitting a different part of the taste bud there. Yeah, not unpleasant, not entirely pleasant. Meh. Very, very bubbly on the tongue. I'll give it that. I will say this, too. It's light. It is refreshing on a hot day. It's an easy beer to drink. This is a type of beer that you would have if you want to have many a beer with your friend. And you want to burp with them a bunch because I just muted up the mic to cover up my sips worth of of burping. (laughs) It's there as a nice, light, easy drinking beer. You're not going to feel very heavy after it. It's just a nice beer for sitting around with your friends, probably on the back of a deck on a hot day. That's all this one is, which is fine. I, I like something light and airy. I wouldn't have to fight with this beer because we have other things to talk about. We have other things to do. And I think there are much more important things to do. Like the opening credits, which are FF, issue number 15, April 2012, the one where Power Pack shows up. Credit, writer, Jonathan Hickman, penciler, Nick Dragota, inker, Nick Dragota, colorist, Chris Sotomayor, letterer, Clayton Cowles, editor, Tom Brevoort. Featuring the Future Foundation, Valeria Richards, Franklin Richards, Dragon Man, Wu, Vil, Mick, Kor, Turg, Tong, Leech, Artie, Bentley, Alex Power, and guest starring, that's right, Julie, Jack, Katie, Friday. Yay! Giant god robots, four of them, hovering over their snow. And the Smarty Pants Brigade are claiming a success? Question? Well, they lived a grade on a curve. Basically, they won this game, but the playoffs are still going on. In the other side's dugout, the Celestials are giving themselves high fives, metaphorically speaking, on skipping realities and landing on Earth 616. The best Earth! They have buttery glazed donut burgers and cheese stuffed crust pizzas there. Do those really make it the best? Well, depends on who you are and what you're looking for. Well, these Celestials are specifically looking for the, let me check my notes, Final Renegade Interloper Anarchist, which I think is 616 Reed, or it could be Sid Vicious. It is nice to be wanted, unless you're being wanted by four mad Celestials that want to destroy you. Since they have places to be and reeds to destroy, they teleport out of Latveria and head elsewhere, where other comic books are telling stories of grandeur and grace. Val lets everyone know that they stalled the Celestials for 28 minutes, so Otter pops all around on a job well done before getting back to the business of saving the world of New York City. Oh, bummer though that they are on the opposite side of the world from the final gambit and won't be able to help out after all. Time for Mr. Killjoy, a.k.a. Dragon Man, to look on the bright side of the mountains of Latveria. At least they won't be killed out here. (sighs) Time for Alex to step up and handle the situation. He has rigged up some kind of FaceTime communicator thingy and announces that he has requested an Uber ride to get them back into Jonathan Hickman's main story. By the way, he used the Richards credit card. Sidebar, the Moloids are attaching Tong, the one who's a floating head, to a Doombot's laser. Oh, goody. Speaking of children, Kristoff is having a temper tantrum. Well, Daddy Doom did die. Yeah, but that is not stopping him from trying to get to the destroyed portal in order to rescue Doom, I guess? Nathaniel stops him and gives him the, he's gone, dude, speech and reminds him that he has a whole nation that has to be oppressed by his authoritarian rule. It is what Dr. Doom would have wanted. Good speech. Good speech. And in order to get out of an awkward situation, their ride shows up. Uh, who is it? Well, to quote Leech, Our Pack. 
Say what? Hit the klaxons and play the trumpets. Friday has swooped in and dropped the three other members out from an uncomfortably high distance. Well, just for Katie, who's probably just jumping into the snow, she'll be fine. Somebody call for a taxi. Oh, how I miss that voice. There is a big family hug as the three younger kids tackle their older brother, and Bentley promises to steal Friday. Val gives Kristoff a, uh, sorry I orchestrated the death of your dad, but peace out, and they head out to find a plot. Minutes later, the plethora of children relax while Val makes a call to her dad to give him the 411 on all of her three-dimensional chess moves. Also, she is letting him know of the Council of Reed's final project called The Hub which Alex is giving him coordinates to. Reed takes this all in and then informs her that after this is all over, she is grounded. Yeah, a little late on that parenting step there, buddy, but okay. Now we have a couple of scenes that overlap. We have some physical comedy and we have a narrator voice talking to Franklin. So hold on to that second thing while we talk about the first. You see, Katie and Artie, they're catching up, chatting about stuff when Bentley comes over to whisper something in Katie's ear. Crack! Katie delivers the most satisfying and amazing right punch into Bentley's stupid nose. And then she storms off, crackling energy. Best moment ever. Okay, now back to Franklin. There is this blank figure that is sitting next to him that no one can see but Franklin. And the two are having a chat. This figure, who, let's just spoil it for you now, it's future Franklin. They're bugging this little dude, telling him a bunch of deep, navel-gazing, philosophical stuff. Young Franklin don't want to listen to that noise. He would be happier for the older him would just tell him a good fart joke. Not the time or place, dude. But future Frank does ask if Franklin is continuing to store up his powers. Sort of. I mean, he just used a portion of it to fight some gods. Well, you know, it's Marvel, so that happens. But no more time for chit-chat. They have arrived at the hub. This is the project that the Council of Reeds were working on. Some type of anvil thing that will do something. And it is pretty impressive. And stuff. And it is also probably a trap. You think? What gave it away? The big banner that said, secret weapon for reeds only? All others will be destroyed? No solicitors? Sarcasm is not a good look for a man of your age, Rick. Well, the kids are going to take a cautious approach and gently test the waters to see what kind of resistance... Hey, we know you're in there. We know because we can smell you. Come out so I can punch you in your super ugly face. And we have our rubber and glue winner. Welcome back, Jack. We missed you. Sometimes the direct approach works, because the evolved moloids bust in from the Forever City wander out. And it is fighting time. Since the moloids are jumping down to engage, Alex turns on the gravity and takes out a few immediately. Dragon Man poses as a punching bag because he refuses to fight. But Bentley practices his Krav Maga handshake by punching the ball between the uprights. Um, if you know what I mean. Nathaniel recognizes that these Forever City workers are wearing environmental helmets to maintain their evolutionary advancements. But, by smashing them, you turn them back to the less muscled, less smart, less everything versions of themselves. Neat. Franklin could just give a Thanos snap and make that happen, but his internal narrator tells him to hold back for now. Besides, the pack is here, having fun taking out the bad guys. Well, Val does not have time for all of this frivolity, so she sets her dog whistle tech to the helmet-breaking frequency. Eee! And hits start popping. Oh, you mean helmets. <laughs> Whatever, Rick. Like the saying goes, you can't make an omelet without busting some heads. 
Okay, I don't think that's what they say, but the party's over. And the Forever Moloids are no longer roided-out fighters, but meek little Moloids. And they are being escorted into Friday with Mick, Kor, Turg, and Tong, ensuring them that they will be given the gift of education and indoor plumbing. And ew. Nathaniel is also giving Alex and Dragon Man instructions to get everyone back to New York and to be ready to get in the negative zone if they make a mistake and start to destroy reality. Well, that's a pleasant thought. Franklin is giving hugs to Artie and Leech, and then he talks with his future self, who he still does not know is his future self. And there goes Friday, and Power Pack. Gotta say, was hoping that they would be around more than half the issue. Hey, they showed up for transportation, muscle, and some comedy relief. <laughs> not unlike me. Okay, well, let's see who shows up next. While Vatlin and Nathaniel are playing with their new god-killing toy, a negative zone warship shows up with the Fantastic Five featuring Johnny Storm. Hugs occur, and some tense conversation with Reed and Nathaniel. Well, no time for family drama. They need to power up this sun energy laser thingamajiggy, because the Celestials just showed up. Zap. And the fight is over. I think the Celestials just destroyed the nifty weapon and flanned all the heroes. Except for Sue, who's standing in a force dome built for one. Yeah, but Franklin gets up just in time to see future him and future Val show up in a field of Kirby Crackle. And future Franklin gets in touch with his inner all might when he basically says, It is fine now. Why? Because I am here. Well, let's go beyond plus ultra because now we can have some fun. Yippee dippy dippy. Let's talk about the themes of this issue, starting with the power pack packaging. And we got two covers we're going to talk about because it's power pack, baby. And they're both fantastic. And they are, they are, they are. The first one, the main one, is by the series art team of Mike Choi and Guri EFX. And this is, I mean, this is wonderful. We've got the FF on the top and in the background, it's kind of this purple, pink, light magenta kind of thing with some swirly effects, some sunbursts. And up front, we've got the top, Franklin Richards, because he's part of the team too. All these characters are following us, Scott. We've got Franklin Richards on top, and then there's Katie and Julie. Alex gets the front and center, kind of behind him and underneath Katie is Jack. And then we got Val off on the side, kind of underneath Julie. And they're all following us, guy, right onto us. They all got smiles on their faces and they're all like, woohoo, we is here. Mm-hmm. It is great. What's funny on this is that it is the midriff Julie, so kind of the Hollywood Julie. Yeah. On the cover. In fact, on both covers, it's midriff Julie. But in the comic, it's not. It's solid suit. Well, yeah, because on the cover, that's kind of how she's presenting now. But mm -hmm. in the comic, it's snow. So, dude. <laughs> so cover the drift. Yeah. I mean, There's she's drifts. A, Cover the drift. Not an idiot. She's stylish, <laughs> but she's not an idiot. Come on, man. I do. I have to think of everything around here. Apparently. All right. The second one, still the FF top thing going on. This one is drawn by friend of the show June Brigman with inks and colors by Roy Richardson and Christina Strain. So this one we have just kind of floating in the sky. We've got Cloud Jack in the background. Julie is swinging around with her rainbow. You got. Katie, who is just falling, floating through the sky. <laughs> just free-falling, shooting energy. But then you got Alex back there. He's floating with his gravity powers, and he's got his hand in one of each hand. He's got Franklin and Val. I like both these covers. I really do. Yeah. I, I will say I love June Brigman's art. I love what she's mm -hmm. doing here. But I do think that the main one, Mike Choice, there's just a little bit more action. There's a little bit more polish on it. Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. Also, June's, it looks like it's really heavy-inked. Yeah. The ink on the drawing seems like it is it was not done with a fine pen, so that kind of detracts away from it a little bit. I'm looking at my physical copy 
and I'm looking at what's here. The physical copy is not as strong inks. I think okay. the, the inks came out a little bit stronger on the digital. But hmm. there's a lot that's pulling away from this one. Yeah, looking at the digital and the and the real cover, I think the real cover is a little bit better. Sometimes the digital, they, they do something to those and it, it gets failed in the transfer. But yeah. The kids look like everybody looks the way that they're supposed to. And they should because June's doing it. I do love both of these covers. I think they're both fantastic. They are great. I, I just, they are. my own kind of preference, give it a little bit of other ones, even though I love June Brinkman's art. Yep. So, no, great no, covers. I- and and this is what I want. It's the issue where Power Pack's there. I don't care about something that's in the issue. I care about Power Pack being there. We got Power Pack there. Mm-hmm. It's just a display. That's fine with me. Perfectly fine. Yeah, doesn't matter. They did stuff. Mm-hmm. They did more stuff on their cameo than some of these characters did in like five issues. Yeah. Like Franklin was like, oh no, I'm worried. Should I use some of my powers to stop these Moloids or something? And future him, Whiteout Ghost is like, nah. It's going to be okay. This is a pretty spectacular class of students that are here. Yeah. And it's just showing Power Pack predominantly just busting heads. And it's wonderful because it's like, yeah, you could use powers, but you don't have to because the pack's here, man. Come on. You know better than to worry about it. They got it. Yeah. And they did. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted them longer in this book, but they make a great impression. They do a lot of Mm -hmm. cool stuff. There's a lot of great little interactions and it just makes me want more. It's kind of a bummer. They got too many kids here. I don't need power pack involved in all this stuff, but I kind of wish that some of the other kids were gone and power pack was here instead. Oh, I fully agree. But, and here's the deal on this too. They were guests. Yeah. They were guests. They can't overstay their welcome. It's not their comic. It's not their show. Here's something interesting. I think the power pack was more effective than the villains that Reed brought in for his little plan. Well, let let me think for a second. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, yes. It would have been wiser for them to have said, so there's this big world ending event that's going to go on. So, Sue... I've brought in a family of children. Yeah. They range in ages from five to 12, and they're going to help us save the world. What? Read children? Yes, but they're Franklin's friends. Oh, oh, you mean the powers? Yeah, bring them <laughs> in. They're going to be great. <laughs> I think that it's pretty impressive what they do. I love, love the interaction between Katie and Bentley. <laughs> that was such an awesome background scene. Just, it might be spoilers for the future, but it is the best. It yeah. is so amazing and wonderful. And I love the fact, too, that Artie's there. And Artie, you get to see Artie's facial expressions. Yeah. He goes from, he's talking with Katie. He's happy to be talking to Katie. Bentley then says something. Katie looks, like, shocked. And Artie looks shocked. And then Artie looks like, ah, oh, my goodness, what happened? <laughs> because Katie hauled off and knocked Bentley into tomorrow. <laughs> and here's a little bit, too. As she's leaving, there's kind of some crackle around her. Oh, she's she's powered up. Maybe she powered up. What did she power up on? Maybe with some of the skin off of <laughs> Benny's nose. nose. No problem at all with this. No problem with anything here. <laughs> I don't want to know what nastiness that that little nope. boy said into we her do ear. Do not need to know. But we don't let need me to tell you. That is why I want my daughter to know Krav Maga, so that mm-hmm. she can do the same thing to any boy who says something nasty in her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. We are not condoning violence on the show. However, that was totally justified. However, I condone <laughs> violence when violence is due. Yeah. yeah, we don't condone violence. Except we do. Except this was we one of these do. situations where we're <clears throat> totally for it. I appreciated this. I like how they came in. They solved the problem with the Moloids in the city. Mm-hmm. They solved it until Val could come up with an answer, which maybe that's what... This Smarty Pants Brigade team needs, they need somebody to do action 
so that they mm-hmm. can think. Because none of yeah. them do action. Even Alex doesn't do action. So A- Alex does fluctuating action. He does either very large scale action or no scale action. Yeah. But that being said, the Moloid fight was kind of a little rascal's encounter. It was farcical. It was slapstick. Moloids are already just a force of creatures that you can throw into any problem. Yeah. This is just them steroid up. That's all they are. That's all they are. We get to this place with this anvil, and this is where things are going to take place. I would like to say congratulations to Hickman and the rest of the writing team and the creative staff to say thank you for finally bringing the fight to an uninhabited location. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Isn't the soul's anvil in New York, the center of Earth? No, no. It's not, but it has to be because everything's in New York. The Council of Reeds couldn't build it there. The Council of Reeds had to build it somewhere where no prying eyes would see it. So they built it here. Congratulations. I've got no problem with this. Yep. Set up in a spot where this big final confrontation can happen. And we're there. We're finally there. Well, we're on the precipice of it. I mean, next issue, we're going to get into it. Actually, this is where time gets a little wonky between what we're covering, what the next book is, and what we missed. Because... There's things that happen literally between the pages here. If you want to know what I mean is, we have been reading this run for quite a while, and the Council of Reeds have spent a lot of time building this weapon. This was the big bad weapon that they were going to use against these Celestials, and the Celestials just blew it up. What happened? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Again, maybe it's covered in another issue or something. We're assuming that it was blown up. It it really looked blown up. It It looks blown up. It was blown up. Okay. It is blown up. But there is some things that happen between the panels when the Fantastic Four show up and this explosion happened. This happens in a book that we're not covering. And we could probably handle it, I think, in the next book. We'll kind of cover some of those little pieces in between. But from what we see here, if we're just reading the story as we're reading it, what happened? We've put a lot of time and effort into building these things. Entire civilizations were destroyed. Entire universes Mm -hmm. were destroyed. In order for this to happen here and this machine to be built, and it's done nothing. (laughs) Incorrect. I think it did exactly what it was supposed to. Which was? Bait. It drew the Celestials to a spot of their choosing. Yes, but there's got to be more that it's got to do. It's got to actually, we have to actually see it. Chekhov's gun can't be Chekhov's gun unless we know Chekhov's gun actually works. <laughs> this was Chekhov's fish hook. This was Chekhov's red herring. <laughs> A little bit, yes, but it was, in my opinion, it did what uh, it didn't do what they wanted it to do, but it did what they needed them to do. There was even a part where Val's like, "Okay, I think we got to figure it out, Grandpa. How we do this? Should we turn it on now?" And he's like, "No, because we don't want them to know that we have it yet." But that's the thing is that that's what we see in this book. Like I said, between the pages, we do see it actually work. We do see it actually be effective, and there's things that occur. We just don't see it in this book. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm curious about that. And that and that's a book we're not covering? That's a book we're not covering. So you should read okay. it before we read the next book. Oh, man. Double effort. I'll do it. Oh, come on. Double effort for you? This is any effort. <laughs> <laughs> any effort? That's the worst. Why would anybody expect anything out of me? I sure don't. We also get some reveals in here, too. We finally get the reveal about who this mysterious thing that has been talking to Franklin, that's been teaching Franklin for a while about his powers. Who is it? Why, who else could it be? It's Frank. Yeah, it's it's him. It was, yeah, it was a super spoiler. It was Franklin we, all along. Nobody would have ever, we would have, <laughs> it was Agatha all along. <laughs> 
Yeah, we nobody would have ever figured that out, especially with if you forgot about issues that we had covered before, where like Future Frank came and and gave Franklin his powers back and all the stuff. Yeah, it, it's a mystery of sorts. Oh, let me go back just a little bit to what I was saying before about the the weapon and everything. Remember, we've mm-hmm. been dealing with four Celestials, and yes. if you look at the page where like the oh, thing gets destroyed, three. there's only uh-huh. three Celestials. So Ooh, read between right. the books. Now we get the final showdown of or the final reveal that frank's here and this is a little exciting because we know that with time why me why me everything like that nathaniel's been talking with planning this with future val future franklin now they're involved in the story now we've got even more characters now we got the real powerful characters in here what's gonna happen where are we going now what's happening next and was this enough time for the superheroes from the future to be able to pull off their final maneuver Mm-hmm. There's a part at the beginning of the issue where Val's even like, okay, that's great that we did all this. Now, what what's going on now? And Grandpa basically says, now we fight for everything. Yeah. All the stuff they've been doing isn't to succeed. It's to have a chance at having a chance to succeed. So, oh man, what's going to happen? I bet the Celestials win. <laughs> no, wait, I've read comics. I bet they don't. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about? Or do you want to just be sarcastic with me? Uh, just sarcasm. All right. Then let's get into final thoughts. And we can probably have some sarcasm in there. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and start with Gallery of Greatness. What piece of art in the book needs to be pinned to our walls? And we've already talked about it, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's my backup joke one, and it is falling into backup joke status, but I'm sorry. There's mm-hmm. some lot of good stuff in this. Bentley getting punched by Katie. I've got his backup joke one. It could go higher. <laughs> I understand it. But I saw something else that was good, too. I called that That's What You Get, and that's my top best awesome everything. So that's not a backup word joke to me. I was originally going to put in the joke spa- spectrum, and then I said, hmm, you know what? I love this. It's good. It's really, it's really good. <laughs> All right. Let's find out what you like for your backup joke one then, sir. Okay. Joke backup one is on page 13 of Marvel Unlimited, and it is, uh, I call it, Bentley, no! And that is when he is, you know, splitting the uprights. He's... <laughs> I call that one Bentley kicking for the stars. There you go. Yep. And that's my top joke one. Goal! Goal! My top one is on page 14, and I call it Bentley. I said no! Because if you look on page 14, in the third line of panels down, when everything's going on and a bunch of fights are happening and everything, over on the right-hand front side, Bentley's not kicking, but he's going for the lower southern region... Southern Exposure Bread Basket with a punch on another evolved Moloid. That Moloid is all, <laughs> because of Pentley, we said no. Yeah, uh, I will admit, I missed that before. That's a nice pull, sir. That is a very nice pull. <laughs> no, I, I like Bentley kicking the guy. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. It's pretty, I, I like the fact that we see Bentley doing something. It's great. Oh, yeah, it. Well, this is one where everybody's doing something. Everybody kicks something. a guy. Yeah. Power Pack is kicking names and taking bottoms. Nathaniel is he's 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 breaking helmets, and it sure does look like he's punching through skulls. You know, <laughs> it's it's all great stuff. There's some cool cool things that are occurring here, and it's it's neat to see. So I like it. I like it a lot. All right, we get some good art now. My backup mm-hmm. good art here is near the end of the book, and it's when the Fantastic Four are arriving, and they are yeah. arriving in a very nice ship. This is one of the ships from the Negative Zone. This thing looks like a 
part of a terror grade that escaped. It's got yeah, like these- it looks like an insect robot hybrid yeah. giant head. It's got yeah. these like three tusk things that are coming like out of the lower jaw and chin and it looks organic and metallic and vicious mm-hmm. and it's a pretty sweet ship. It is pretty cool. That is a good piece of art. That really, really is. Yeah, it's very good. It's nice, too. And I think we should mention this because we have bagged on the art. The art in this book is different now. We've got Nick Dragado. We've been having Juan Bobolio, which we have not been really impressed with his stuff. Nick Dragado, this is good. This is what we've mm-hmm. been missing. We have the kids looking like kids, which is great. There's, They, they don't look like small adults they look like children it's a really mm-hmm. good children drawing even when we're looking at power pack julie looks like an older teenager she looks like she's in her young 20s and and the kids just seem aged correctly so yeah there's definitely difference in age that's occurring here fantastic backgrounds strong tech is strong it's just a well-drawn comic so when you get something like this ship that's coming in it's fantastic it's a little artsy. There's a little bit of a painted quality to the back, to the dimensions in the background. There's a nice sunset back there. It's just some good artistry that's occurring here. It's fantastic, and I'm happy to see it in this book. Your pick was a really good pick. It was on my short list. There was that one. There was a celestial one that was on my short list, and I went for a nose punch. And uh, you also went for something else because you've got a backup good one we haven't talked about. Yep, and that would be on page six of Marvel Unlimited, and it's called. Power pack, and I bet that's Rick's top. That's my top one. It's the pack yep. flying down from Friday's ship. They look great. Yeah. This is kind of what we're talking about from the cover. It's them just jumping down. I'm not quite sure what Katie's thinking because she's just <laughs> yeah. flying yeah, down for fun. Yeah, maybe what it is is that Julie was holding on to her and Julie just let go of her right near the ground and cool. Could be. We'll but say that. It's very cool. It's a it's an entrance. Jack is also not clouded up, but we can assume he'll cloud up at the last second because yeah. he's about 10 feet from the ground. He's he's a happy, happy kiddo. Jack's fine. Jack's fine. Don't you worry. Jack will none. be great. Jack Just... will be fantastic. And if you don't think Jack is going to be fine, then let me tell you something, friend. Oh, you can't hear what I said because rubber and glue moment, man. What was the best or most childish insult? And you know what my backup one was? It is blank. It's nothing. It's no words because it's whatever Bentley whispered to Katie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. he said, whatever he whispered, that was a real childish insult. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I thought about having that in there and just saying it was like whatever Bentley said and Katie's response. And then I was like, well, it's all about words. It's not always about physical response. So uh, I, I respect your choice. I just did not go that route. Yeah. What is your backup one, sir? On page four, after they say, okay, we've done it, here we go, we're away from the fight, and Dragon Man's talking, and he's like, maybe us not being involved in the fight in New York is the best thing possible. What we should probably really do right now is do self-reflection and think about our actions. I could lead us in some guidance, and Alex Mm. just cuts him off and is like, okay, I saved the day, Brad will be here in just a minute, we'll be on the other side of the world and back in the fight before Dragon Man can say, pacifist. Yeah, a little bit of a burn (laughs) against Dragon Man, nice, nice, nice. (laughs) I know what we've got for the top one. W- would you go ahead and do the honor, sir? This is on page 12 when they get to Saul's anvil or hammer or whatever the heck it's called. Frank's talking to him and he's like, uh, hey guys, I think maybe it's a trap. And Jack's all, seriously, you sure? Uh-huh. One way to find out. Hey, we know you're in there. We know because we can smell you. Come out so I can punch you in your super ugly face. 
<laughs> and then they start coming out. And Jack's all, hey, what do you know? You were right. Great. <laughs> so, and Katie's all, great! Because she's excited to have a fight with some Moloids. Yeah, it's just, it's the best thing ever. I have missed Jack so much. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to see Jack for a while again. This is this is our Jack touch-in, and sorry. Jack is, is, is the least interesting member of Power Pack, according to a lot of people, and he just is, he gets less play than Katie. So... Yeah. That's where we're and, at. And things that I've seen him in, I think when they were doing the, was it Cradle, where they were made child heroes illegal and stuff, mm-hmm. and they had like a, you know, underground superhero ring, and Katie and Jack were there. Katie and Jack never said anything. I think yeah. Jack was just like playing a Game Boy, you know, where it's just like, oh, they might cameo and stuff, but they don't get lines. No. They don't get play. Yeah. No. All right. Parent of the Year Award. Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. This is a little bit of a tough one here, and I'm, I'm kind of changing my answer here. I did mm-hmm. have... Yep, I'm going to keep it. I I now know why I chose this. I'm going to go ahead and go with Nathaniel. And this is going to be the good award. Because I think that he was being a good father figure to Kristoff. And Kristoff needed a good father figure. He was the one who said, dude, he's gone. You have other responsibilities. Come on, man. Do your job. I, I fully agree. I picked Nathaniel as well for the exact same reasons. He was, apparently. Yeah. He did things he... You know, yeah, he stopped Kristoff's temper tantrum, explained to him he had to be an authoritarian, oppressive regime dictator <laughs> to an oppressed people. Yep. These people, they won't know what to do if your heel isn't on their throats. Yeah. So, well, he might not have said it exactly that way. But, yeah, he, he, was, he was very apparently. Yeah. It was good. He did a good job. Yeah. So, I totally give it to him, too. Okay, good. Easy, easy peasy. Let's go ahead and get to popular and shunned. And I have a feeling... We are going be, to match on this yeah, one as well. We have matched be real easy most of this book. This mm-hmm. is going to be real easy. The worst. Actually, <laughs> you know what? Let me go ahead and tell what? you whom I've got for the worst. Because now I looked at all my notes and I realized what I did here. This is good. Mm-hmm. My worst is everyone else for not punch Lee, punching Bentley before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It could also be uh, everyone else for never contributing anything at all for issues at all in the book. But I think that that is a default of the fact that you really (laughs) wanted to pick Bentley, Bentley. the character that I picked, because ain't nobody threatened (laughs) to steal Friday. Ain't nobody talked to my gal Katie that way. Ain't nobody going to keep on standing up with a full nose that they're going to talk to Katie that way. (laughs) Yeah, for for saying whatever was that upset Katie. And of course... Transversely, Katie's the best because she punched <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's Katie. She's, she's the best. She punched him. It's there you go. She's wonderful. Yeah. One scene defined this entire book. A lot of other stuff yep. happened, but one background scene defined the book. Yep. I, I could probably name some other things that happened, but really that was the <laughs> takeaway here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's go ahead and get to our top grades. We need to evaluate each issue against the rest of the series. And folks, check this out. I dusted it off, pulled it out, and we have our old list. The list with Ooh. all of Power Pack in it, because all of Power Pack's in here. Yes, we have two list because jeff is insane (laughs) (laughs) to remind you spot number one we have power pack number 42 this is inferno this is where it starts and boogeyman becomes a demon spot number 10 we have uncanny x-men number 195 they are kidnapped by the morlocks and katie escapes and the x-men rescue them spot number 20 power pack number 48 dolphin dreaming power pack heads to maine for a vacation with franklin richards spot number 30 
Power pack number five, homecoming kids arrive back on Earth and they're dealing with their new powers when they got switched. Spot number 40, crackdown. Alex burns down a crack house in order to destroy all of the drugs. Forgot I wrote that. <laughs> Spot number 50, <laughs> the breakfast club. They break into the Avengers mansion and argue about telling their parents about their powers from power pack number 28. Spot number 60, at the circus. They are against the circus of crime over a jewel in power pack number 59. Spot number 70, almost there, folks. Alex turns into a horse, some snails from TMNT. They fight. It all happened in Power Pack number 60. And bottom of the list, chinks in the armor. Power Pack number 56, the acts of vengeance with Typhoid Mary seducing Alex. Ah, uh, okay, how so I did does, not uh, miss that issue. <laughs> so is this one uh, replacing Typhoid Mary at the bottom? Is oh, it? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Obviously not. No. Nope. No. Actually, going through it and reminding myself about some things here, I did... Mm-hmm kind of bump a little bit on spot number 20. Power Pack heads to Maine for a vacation with Franklin Richards. Okay, that's way higher than where I'm kind of... Okay. That one kind of bumped on me a little bit. And a spot number 30, Homecoming, where the kids come back to Earth and they're dealing with their powers. That kind of kind of tickled something as well. Where are you at? Mm-hmm. Kind of was looking at the 50 zone, just because I was thinking of... Uh... No, it's going to be above 50. I just was reading the descriptor for 50, and I'm thinking it's higher. Yeah, it's higher. I'm actually thinking it's going to go above 40, because that's where Alex brings down a crack house. And I think that we've got a little bit more that's in this one. Yeah, so somewhere above 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm actually above 30. I'm actually above 30. Okay. Kids arrive back on Earth, dealing with their new powers. Oh, the Spider-Man Power Pack PSA. Yeah, that's 29. Julie helps a friend that is being abused by her dad. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. Yeah. Here, here's where I'm at. Power pack number 25 is fireworks. It's a baseball game where an old player wants to yeah. blow up a stadium. Yep. So from there, right above that, we have it where Katie is found uh, by the cave dwellers. Yurik helps to save her. That's a really good issue. That's the Wish Upon a mm-hmm. Star from Power Pack number 24. I kind of like it right between those two, but I'm willing to kind of talk to you a little bit about that. Um... This was an enjoyable issue. I think I might. Ha- I might. I think I might be looking at t- stuff through some nostalgia scope. Just like, yeah. oh, if it's Power Pack, it's amazing. Gosh, there was some good messaging in, tw- in uh, the old fireworks too. I could see this being the new twenty-five. Yeah, it, th- there was also a, some messy messaging in there, and it was just a little bit twee. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think this is a good spot for it. I, I nothing against that one. I just think that there is yeah. some oh, good yeah. moments in this one. We got some good art and. I, the, the one scene, the one scene that's in there really, th- there's a lot that that provides in there. So let's go ahead and put this as a new number 25. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I can live with that quite happily. Okay, then. Then let's go ahead and talk about something that we also like to talk about, and that's beer. Mm-hmm. Jeff, we are talking about the return from Anchorage Brewing Company. How are you doing? I just refilled my glass, but it's a full glass now. Um, I have been sipping at this. Some of the beers that we have at this stage, I'm like, ooh, I've got to save a little bit for the end to talk about it so that I can talk about it so that I can have a fresh perspective of it. I'm not super loving this. I'm not I'm not hate hating it, but I'm not super enjoying it. It's uh, got an odd artificially kind of uh, flavor to it. It's it's not super doing it for me. I'm not really enjoying it. I don't know if I'd want to dive into this one over and over again. It's kind of a two five. Okay. Range for me is how I'm kind of feeling. 
I feel like I want to be more generous to it. I don't know if it's a where I'm at in the world perspective of it, but I'm not super loving it. No, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I think this is a fine beer. I don't actively hate it. It does have that weird aftertaste that you're talking about, a little artificial sweetener kind of feeling to it. It's not bad. It's just not impressive either. So I'm yeah. about, I'm at about a three. So I'm I'm a little bit better yeah. on it than you, but I get what you're saying. It's not it's not exciting. It's not really pushing us that far into. Ooh, must go out and have this. <laughs> yeah. So a three for you and a two and a half for me. But you know what is exciting and what does push us to the point of going wee? That would be. Kid's perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 12-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. You ready to talk about another comic book? Yup. You, you ready to talk about a comic book where Power Pack shows up? Yeah! They all show up, and not just for one panel, or right. just one member representing. Right. Woo. They show up for like three or four panels. <laughs> it's more than that, but... It, yeah, a few pages. A few pages. I mean, they, they make it to a few pages, so it works. It works. And why I'm are so they there? Odd. Why are they here? Because that's their ride to get yeah. off out of Flatberry. <laughs> it's a really sad excuse. Future Foundation kids needed a ride, so they call them Power Pack. Friday shows up, and the Power Pack kids, and all is great, right? Until... It isn't. <laughs> when is it not great? I don't know. When At the very end, when, like, Fantastic Four gets beat up and... The yeah, saddest, yeah, yeah, the sad, yeah. The saddest part of it all, Power Pack leaves. Yeah, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. I mean, that's the only reason the Celestials got the upper hand with Fantastic Four is that Power Pack left, right? I know, right? Like, if they had kept Power Pack, they would have been the winning team for hours. Exactly. Exactly. They, they were the ones that could really take down the Celestials. Yeah. Yeah. But in between there, we did get to see Power Pack do a pretty sweet fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, they took down the Moloids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Carrie, I haven't asked you about this book at all, but I want to ask you right here without knowing your answer. What is your favorite part of this entire comic book? What part did you love the most? What part made you jump with joy when you read it? I liked it when Katie beat Bentley up. Yes, that is the correct answer. <laughs> that was unprompted. Unprompted, but yes, yes, yes. Was that just satisfying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you chuckle out loud when you read that part? Yeah. It made me smile and I read it like four times and then moved on. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to, like, what Franklin was talking about. I was like, eh, you just stay there. I'm going to watch this happen again <laughs> and again. Uh, it's a good moment of this book, isn't it? <laughs> See, I had a feeling that you would like that part, and I like it, and it's just it's just perfect. You know, that's that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Jeff and I thoroughly agree with that. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Bentley whispered in her ears. Knowing Bentley, it's probably something inappropriate. <laughs> we should probably leave that there. We should probably yeah, leave that there. <laughs> yeah. Katie had all the rights. <laughs> so Power Pack shows up. They do a pretty cool fight. Everybody gets involved. It's great to see Julie. It's great to see Jack. Uh, we get to see Jack smart off to the Moloids. Pretty good time, right? Yeah. I like it when... Um... Alex, Julie, and Katie are hugging, and Jack's, like, he's being put into the group hug. He's not even hugging anybody. He's just <laughs> there. He looks like he's like, I don't want to be here. 
Well, it's Jack. He never wants to be there, right? Yeah, unless <laughs> unless they're beating somebody up, or if someone's getting in trouble, then Jack's there. Jack is definitely there. So we'll just touch briefly on the end of this book where Fantastic Four does show up. They try to stop everything, but the Celestials come. They destroy the big piece of machinery, and all hope looks lost until who shows up. A narrative guy. Wait, is that Future Franklin? That's Future Franklin. And who's with him? A lady. Who would be with Future Franklin? Katie? Oh. Okay. <laughs> His sister. Oh, that's Val. That's Val. That's Future Future Franklin and Future Val. Honestly, I thought I thought villains would just have about enough of Val and just, like, destroy her when she's four. But maybe that <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Apparently not. At least not in this reality. So... They are here to save the world, and oh boy, this is going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, except do we actually get to see what happens? Yes, we do. Oh, nice. Don't worry, we will find out exactly what happens next episode. Are you ready? Yep. All right, then we will get to that soon. Until then, thank you very much for your time, Carrie. I love you very much. Love you too. I know, Katie's back, Jack's back, Julie's back with Alex, and there's Friday! It was amazing, and I'm so sorry that we didn't really have any lines to give you to do as Katie. Maybe right now you could say, great, because I know Katie said that. Shout out time! We like to recognize those people that take the time to leave us a review whenever we put out one of our... whenever we put out one of our episodes. And this is for FF number 12, All All Hope Lies in Doom, part one. Too Many Kids. This is our episode 139, and we want to thank Colin Stapleton from the worst comic podcast ever. Warlock Thanos Podcast. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters. Charles Gears. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Limax 7. We also like to thank those fantastic people that still support us on Patreon and listen to our episodes that we put out there. And that includes adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky, Wind. Next episode, we'll be covering Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Issue Number 604, Forever, Part 5. Be sure to check out the other show I do, Monday mo- Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, sometimes on the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network, not for a while now. And I have some bad news. I know that I just said that I was going to be doing a Flash Gordon-themed podcast, but it looks like that kind of fell apart. So, sorry. Maybe next time. They didn't pick up the pilot, huh? No, no. Just all of a sudden realized that we really didn't have the time to do it, so... Well, that's a shame, but maybe you and other people can console themselves about that fact by going and getting some merchandise that's available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Merck Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon with all my new toys. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Merck Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Merck Present, our email address, Jeff and Merck Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Merck Present. Dot wordpress.com. Also, we have a YouTube channel at Jeff and Merck Present. 
And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin McLeod. Also for this episode is Fight or Flight by Dave DeVille. All music is found at Comptech.com is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for Porno License. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent... Nope. Zap. The best earth. They have buttery glazed donut burgers and cheese stuffed crusts. <clears throat> I just bit my own teeth. Antichrist. Anarchist. Anarchist. By the way, he used the Richard Richard Richard's. Neat. Franklin could just give a t- uh, neat. Franklin could get. <laughs> <laughs>